I said this last week in, in the sermon, and if you know me even just a little bit, you know that I love Sunday mornings. Uh, I love getting up knowing that I'm coming to sing praises to Jesus, and, and by the end of the day, uh, my voice is a little hoarse because I sing so loudly. Uh, I'm excited and I, I, when I get up on Sundays because I get to come and I, I get to hear God's Word, and I get to be in the Bible. And then, I also get to see all of you uh, and be with you and grow, not only in our relationship, but in our relationship with Jesus together as we, we mutually encourage one another in God's Word. But today, if I'm honest, I had a little extra pep in my step as, as I was walking down the sidewalk to church this morning. Do you know why? I hear some whispers. It's Christmas! We've got our tree up. We got our manger scene up. We're here singing Christmas songs. We get to focus on the baby Jesus being born. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And yet, have you noticed the most wonderful time of the year is the most chaotic time? If you're like me and you've looked at your calendar, not only do you have work every day, but every day, every weekend, you have at least one, two, maybe even three or four things packed into your schedule. Whether it's Christmas shopping, or it's decorating Christmas cookies, or uh, it's family time, or parties, your schedules are packed. Or maybe it's singing Christmas carols on Friday. <laughs> uh, your schedules are packed, and it's chaos. And, and the more chaos there is in our life, the more stress there is, the more worries there are, and the more fears weigh on our hearts. Wouldn't it be great if our fears just said, you know what, uh, the kids are going on Christmas break, we're going to take a time out too, and our fears take a, a holiday, and they leave us alone for a few weeks? Unfortunately, that's not the case. In, in fact, during December and this Christmas month, the fears kind of increase a little bit. Because there's even more fears that take place during this time of year uh, than the rest of the year. They just add on. Maybe during this time of the year you're, you're afraid or you're, you're nervous and you're scared about Christmas dinner. Because all you want is one Christmas dinner with no family drama. And yet you know that when your family gets together, you, you can't stand being with each other for 30 minutes and family drama ensues. It just breaks out. And all you want is peace and a drama-free Christmas, and you're already not looking forward to it. Maybe you're not looking forward to Christmas dinner because last time all of you got together, some words were said between you and a family member, and they weren't resolved. And reconciliation hasn't happened yet, and, and so you know that it's going to be an awkward Christmas when you walk in and you see that family member, and how's it going to play out? Is it going to, are both of you going to show humility? Uh, are you going to be able to reconcile? Or is it just going to make for a really weird Christmas? Maybe the reason you're fearing Christmas this year uh, is because this is the first Christmas where you'll be alone. Maybe for the past however many years you've spent your Christmas with, with your family. But this year that's not going to be the case for whatever reason. And you're scared that when you go home on Christmas night, you're going to lay in your bed alone and you're going to be lonely. Maybe this time of the year is rough for you because 
uh, it's the season of holiday Christmas movies where the, the couple always gets together at the end and they have some big romantic Christmas. Uh, and then on top of it, you receive all the postcards with the happy, smiling families, faces on it. And is that ever going to happen for you? Or is the next year going to be another year where it, it's just you? And another year without finding the love of your life? Maybe this Christmas has brought an additional fear because of sicknesses. The doctor has found the lump and they, the doctor says that everything should be okay and that with treatment everything should be fine. But, but what if? What if it's not okay? And what if this is the last Christmas with your family member? Maybe this Christmas is a, a little added fear because your kids are growing up and they're making more and more decisions for themselves, which they should be. That's the goal of the parent is to raise kids to be, uh, to be individuals and make their own choices and go out on their own. But with those decisions cause a lot of fear to your heart because what if they don't make the right decisions? What if their decisions are just not the ones you would do and you're fearing for your child and the future of your children? How can the most wonderful time of the year be so chaotic? How can we calm the chaos in our life to calm the fears so that this is the most wonderful time? How do we know the future will be alright? I got to imagine that's the question that was going through the people living in Jerusalem around 720 BC. We're in Isaiah chapter 7. And I'm going to explain the context as we go along uh, because there's a lot here. But we're going to see how the future is going to be okay despite the chaos. Isaiah chapter 7, here's what we're told. Verse 1. When Ahaz, son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, was king of Judah, King Rezin of Aram, and Pekah, son of Ramalia, king of Israel, marched up to fight against Jerusalem. But they could not overpower it. Uh, everyone understand what's going on here? <laughs> Let me show you a map. The, to be honest with you, this verse right here is probably why a lot of you don't want to read the Bible. <laughs> because who are these people? What is going on? So let me show you a map. Alright, we've got, we're introduced to King Ahaz, who is king in Jerusalem down in Judah down here. This is the kingdom of Judah. We're introduced to King Rezin, who is uh, king of Aram, which is modern day Syria. His capital is Damascus. We're also introduced to King Pekah, who is the king of Israel, and his capital is Samaria. A nickname for Israel, the kingdom of Israel, is Ephraim. That's going to be important in the upcoming verses, okay? So you've got Aram, and you've got the kingdom of Israel, and King Pekah of Israel and King Rezin of Aram have united together, allied together, and they're marching towards Judah and Jerusalem, where King Ahaz is the king. King Ahaz is a very evil king. Uh, you could argue that King Ahaz was the worst king that Jerusalem had ever seen. Remember, Judah and the kings in Judah were from King David's line, and they were supposed to be the ones that the Messiah would come from. They were God's chosen people. And King Ahaz was the most, one of the most evil kings that Jerusalem saw. Not only did he reject God and completely want nothing to do with him, King Ahaz built all kinds of altars and all kinds of idols to false gods. One of them being King Molech, or King Molech, the god Molech. 
Do you know what the god Molech did? Molech was a, a statue that sat like this, literally sat with his arms extended. And what you would do to worship this false god is you would light a fire under, king, or under Molech's arms and then you place your child across his arms and you burn your kids in a child sacrifice. King Ahaz offered multiple of his kids to King Molech, or I keep calling him king, to the god Molech. In addition to that, he started by opening the temple for, for God, the temple for the God, the true God, and he opened it up to all kinds of idols and he built all kinds of altars in there to worship false gods. And then eventually he got to the point where he said, you know what, I don't want any of the people worshiping the true God whatsoever, so we're just going to close up the temple and bring all the false gods' idols outside of the temple and they can worship there, but nobody's going to worship the God of Israel. We're going to completely cut him off. Now, if you are God, and these two nations have united to come and attack King Ahaz, what would you say to yourself? Go get him, right? Go get him. But God doesn't. Here's what he does instead. Now, the house of David was told, Aram has allied itself with Ephraim. Remember the nickname of uh, Israel's Ephraim. So the hearts of Ahaz and his people were shaken, as the trees of the forest are shaken by the wind. Think about it. You hear two nations have allied themselves with each other and they're coming against you. What are these people going to do to us? Are they going to poison the water so that we don't have any fresh water? Are they going to siege the, the city so that we don't get food and then we all starve? Will they break down the walls? And, and if they break down the walls, what are they going to do to, to our fighting men? Will they torture them? Will they kill and abuse our women? Will they kill our children in front of our eyes? What are they going to do? What if this happens? And the hearts of the people shook like leaves and trees in the wind. And same with King Ahaz. King Ahaz, leading the people, is scared. And here's what God does. Then the Lord said to Isaiah, Go out, you and your son Shear Jashub, to meet Ahaz at the end of the aqueduct of the upper pool on the road to the launderer's field. So King Ahaz is out checking the water supply to make sure it doesn't get poisoned. That's what he's doing out there. Say to him, be careful, keep calm, and don't be afraid. Do not lose heart because of these two smoldering stubs of firewood, because of the fierce anger of Rezin and Aram, and the son of Ramalia, Aram, Ephraim and Ramalia's son, have plotted your ruin, saying, let us invade Judah. Let us tear it apart and divide it among ourselves and make the son of Tabeel king over it. Yet this is what the sovereign Lord says. It will not take place. It will not happen. For the head of Aram is Damascus, or the capital of Aram is Damascus. And the head of Damascus is only resin. Within 65 years, Ephraim will be too shattered to be a people. The head of Ephraim is Samaria, and the head of Samaria is only Ramalia's son. If you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. I don't know if you can catch it here, but this is God talking trash. This is God talking some smack. Look at what he says. He said, the, the head of Aram is Damascus, and the head of Damascus is only resin. Come on, Ahaz, it's only resin. Uh, the head of Ephraim is Samaria, and the head of Samaria is only Ramalia's son. Ahaz, why are you so afraid? Look at it. 
Look at who these people are. No big deal. Isn't it incredible to this evil king, this one who rejects God completely, God sends Isaiah to him and says, be careful. Keep calm. Don't be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Do not be afraid. Keep calm. Why? Because God says none of this will happen. The chaos that is coming down at you, Ahaz, none of it's going to take place. These two nations are smoldering stubs. And then he says, he doesn't even address Aram, but he says about Israel, 65 years from now, it will be too shattered to be a nation. Guess what happens? Let me go back to the map here. Assyria, who's up here, a very barbaric nation, comes in two years after this prophecy and completely wipes out Aram. Gone. Done. 65 years from this prophecy that God just told uh, Ahaz, Assyria then comes down, deports the people of Israel up to Assyria, and then wipes out Israel never to be a nation again. Too shattered to be a nation. God says, be careful. Keep calm. Don't be afraid. Don't let your heart be troubled. Because... None of this is going to happen. It's going to be okay. Do you know what I want to tell you today? I want to be able to tell you to be careful, keep calm, don't be afraid, and don't lose heart. Because the chaos in your life, the things that you are fearing, they're not going to take place. It's not going to happen. I want to be able to tell you that everything is going to be okay. I want to be able to tell you that your Christmas dinner is going to be drama-free. I want to be able to tell you that your relationship with that family member where there's so much drama and, and it's a broken relationship, I want to be able to tell you that it's going to be uh, reconciled and you're going to be a, a family again and it's going to be okay. I want to be able to tell you that you're going to make it through the Christmas season and you're going to be financially secure and you're going to be at peace because of it. I want to be able to tell you that you are going to find the love of your life and next year you're not going to spend it alone. I want to be able to tell you that your kids' futures are going to be fine and they're going to be bright and nothing's ever going to happen to them. They're going to live long lives. I want to be able to tell you that everything is going to be okay, but I can't. Because the Bible doesn't say so. In fact, the Bible says, in this world you will have trouble. We live in a sinful world. And bad things do happen. Chaos does happen. And our fears do come to a reality sometimes. Yes, to Ahaz, God says this isn't going to happen. But this is a specific case. God doesn't promise that all of the chaos in our lives will just go away. He doesn't promise that. But He does give us a promise. And it's in the next verses. And with this promise brings comfort. With this promise brings confidence. And with this prof promise brings peace. No matter what the chaos is in our life. Here's what Isaiah says. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz. Ask the Lord your God for a sign, whether in the deepest steps or in the highest heights. But Ahaz said, I will not ask. I will not put the Lord to the test. Then Isaiah said, Hear now, you house of David. Is it not enough to try the patience of humans? 
Will you try the patience of my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Ahaz, uh, he, he looks like he's following God's will and he looks like he's a, a nice Christian by saying, I will not put the Lord to the test, but Ahaz had no business w- uh, with God. He didn't want it. And so he's acting like a good Christian boy, but really he's completely rejecting God. He's saying, no thanks. I'm going to throw your words right back at you, God. You tell me to t- test you, I will not put the Lord to the test. And God says, fine. I'm going to give you a sign anyways. Here it is. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Ahaz, you're all nervous about these two nations coming down? Be on the lookout because the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. You see, to fearful hearts, God gives the gift of Emmanuel. To fearful hearts, God gives this gift Emmanuel, God with us. Isn't that incredible? God says, I see what is causing you to fear. I see the chaos in your life and and why you're afraid. And so I want to do something about it and I want to give you a gift. And so here's the gift, Emmanuel, God with us. I am with you. I am with you. God doesn't promise to take the chaos away, but he promises he's with you through it all. And yet, how many of our reactions are kind of like, meh, thanks. Thanks, I guess. I remember when I was a kid and uh, opening presents one time and I just got done opening a big present, you know, like a big boxed present. And after I got done opening that, I turned to look at the rest of the gifts there and I actually said out loud, oh man, all the big ones are gone. Because what did I see? Little boxes, right? And as a kid, what do you know little boxes probably mean? Clothes. Yes. And as a kid, clothes are one of those necessary gifts that you know you need because you're growing like crazy and, and you need to replenish those. But it's not one you get overly excited about. It's necessary, yes, but meh. I'd rather have something, off of, uh, something else off of my list. How often aren't we like that with this gift Emmanuel? God, thank you that you are with us. We know we need that, but if I'm being honest, I'd much rather have something else off my Christmas list. I'd much rather have no family drama. I'd much rather be healed. I'd much rather have that gift of the love of my life. I'd much rather have the gift of financial security. I'd much rather have this so that my chaos in my life goes away so that my fears can be calmed. That's what I really want, God. Thank you for the gift of Emmanuel. We're happy. It's a necessary gift, but I'd really like this instead. If you have ever given a gift to somebody that doesn't appreciate it, how do you feel? What do you want to do with that gift? You want to take it back, right? If you're not going to appreciate it, I'm going to take it back and I don't want you to have it. And all of a sudden our hearts get filled with a little shame, doesn't it? Because we know this is how we've treated this gift Emmanuel. Emmanuel. 
I'd much rather have something else, God. And so if that's our attitude, when is God going to take this gift from us? When is God going to take a manual from us and say, fine, you don't want it? Go at it on your own. But this is the amazing thing about our God. Because our God isn't like humans. Our God continues to be faithful even when we are faithless. Our God continues to give the gift and give the gift and give the gift even when it's not fully appreciated or fully treasured. God says, I see your heart. I see how scared you are and I want to calm it. I want you to have confidence. I want you to have peace. And so I am with you. I am with you. And it's because of that promise that we can be confident. This Christmas, we can be confident because Emmanuel, God is with us. God is with us. Think about that. Yes, God doesn't promise to get, away, get rid of the chaos. He doesn't. But He promises He is with you. Even when it's not treasured, even when it's not uh, appreciated, no matter what, God says, I am with you. And that promise came true 700 years later when Jesus was born. Born of the Virgin Mary, placed in a manger, God with us, God with humans. 700 years later, and this Jesus that was born, this God, was not just a baby. He was not just another human ruler. He, he was not just some uh, glass baby Jesus in, in Mary's arms in a manger scene. No. This is the God of the world. The God who created everything by speaking it into existence. This is the God who's so powerful that when He died, it counted for the sins of the entire world. For your sins and my sins. So that you are forgiven. And so is everyone in the world. Because His death was that powerful. This is a God who's so powerful that even though He died, He rose Himself back from the dead. And this is a powerful God who now sits on His throne and is ruling all things for the good of His church. This God of the world says, I am with you. Emmanuel. He doesn't promise the chaos to go away. But He promises He is with you no matter what. And the more we chew on that, the more we, we, the more we realize just how big our God is and how He is with us through every situation, the more our perspective changes. Just imagine if we could pull back the curtain, so to speak, right around us and see just how big our God is that is surrounding us right now. Imagine if you walked into the doctor's office and you could see behind the curtain, behind the veil, and you could see just how big your God is that was sitting in the doctor's room with you. Imagine the perspective change. All of a sudden it goes from, I have cancer and I'm scared because of all this chaos and I don't know what's going to happen, to, yes, I have cancer, but look at, who's the, look at the God who's by my side. God with me. The God who conquered the grave. Yes, the future is scary for my children. But Emmanuel, God is with me and He is with my child and look how big He is. 
Yes, Christmas dinner could be weird. It could be awkward. There could be fighting. But God with us. Emmanuel. And He is bigger than all of this. Yes, you might be lonely this Christmas. But Emmanuel, God is with you. And look how big He is. Yes, you may have sinned. Yes, you may have guilt that you cannot get rid of. But God, Emmanuel, is with you and forgives you. Your God, Emmanuel, is with you no matter what chaos you are facing. And it's that that brings you confidence. It's that that brings you peace. And this is a gift that God gives you this Christmas. Emmanuel, God with you. He is always near you. He is with you wherever you go. And so this Christmas, treasure this gift. This Christmas, soak in this gift. This Christmas, let this gift be the most exciting gift that you get. Because unlike other gifts that go away, Jesus never does. He is the one who brings you peace. Do you know what King Ahaz did with this promise? He threw it away. Instead, what did he do? He went and he made an alliance with Assyria, that barbaric nation that took out the other two. And guess what was the price of uh, beginning an alliance with the Assyrians? Over $250,000 worth of gold from Judah because he did not trust the promise of God. And so one chaos turned into another chaos because he just didn't trust that God was with us. This Christmas, trust God is with you. And he is because he proved it when Jesus was born. No matter what chaos comes your way this Christmas, your God is with you. Emmanuel. Say it again and again as you face that chaos. Emmanuel. God with me. God with me. God with me. And he will bring you peace. He will bring you confidence. And he will calm the fear in your heart. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we praise and thank you that you are the God who is near. We thank you that you insert yourself, you interject into the chaos of our life to calm our hearts and uh, to be with us wherever we go. Uh, as we walk into the chaos of December and then the Christmas season, uh, help us to calm everything. Uh, calm our hearts knowing that you are with us no matter what comes, no matter uh, what we face. You are always with us and you can help us and you will get us through it uh, with you at our right hand. We thank you for the peace that you bring, the confidence that you bring that no matter uh, what we face, we can face it because you are with us. Be with us this Christmas and help us to treasure you and treasure this gift. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. We will collect the offering if you're guessing